if anyone is looking for a way to understand more about their strategy, like just actually track the strategy. I don't think people do that. They just look at it live and then they're like, oh, it's all stored here. It's not, it's all gonna be gone the next week. Back when I first started, I was like, it's gonna take a year. Yeah, me too. And then after experiencing it, I didn't really have a time frame. I knew that I was gonna do it though. You have to learn the skill. Like it's not just about potentially making money. You read Mark Douglas's book, you know, you can do everything wrong and you can still make money. Like that's not a indicator of success. I'm here today with Justin. You've been trading for three years, right? And you're also, yeah. you're also a scalper. How did you get yeah. into trading? I guess we can just jump right in. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So I would say that the whole um, GameStop thing, um, Robin Hood coming out and just the hype around trading. Also, I got a little bit of money from the government that I was, you know, <laughs> said, hey, I'm going to, you know, try trading. Yeah. Day. So that, you know, and I got a little bit of capital too from like my, uh, my dad. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, you know, has basically started my journey and everything. And, um, you know, I have, the, I have the ups and the downs. I've blown up you know that and then made it back so you know just on the journey now at this point steady how many times have you like blown an account if you don't mind me asking well i yeah i i wouldn't really say like blow up so like okay. I, I i track my stuff on profitly mm -hmm. and uh so when I when I blew up, I threw more capital in, right? I wasn't gonna give up then. So it got really low, and I threw some more in. And I was like, you know, just still keeping keeping at it and everything. And then over like the course of three years, it's that's how long it's taken to go from losing what I had lost to gaining that back. And now I would consider myself to be like consistently profitable. I'm still, you know, hiccups and stuff like that, and there's still you know little battles and everything that I gotta get that I gotta get through, but. That's kind of like where I'm at on the journey. Oh, dang. Well, good job. Because it took me. <laughs> I was also in small caps because that's what you trade. And it took me two years to uh, realize that I needed a plan. So for you to, re to for you to get to the three-year mark and start seeing some consistency, that's like, I think that's really good. I know to a lot of people that's a long time, but that's pretty awesome in my opinion yeah to so <laughs> yeah thank you yeah uh so profitly so you must know who tim sykes is then that's pretty much how i got my <laughs> okay you know my big introduction my big learning stuff right that's funny me too yeah so yeah i was a big follower so you like you were on youtube one day uh and you saw one of his videos. Is that what happened? I think my dad told me about him, and then I just started watching him. What are your opinions? And then on... that led me to uh, stock. Sorry, go ahead. What's your opinion on Tim Sykes? Um, I think that you know he does have a lot that you can learn from, but more like other than just like learning from him or whatever and kind of getting an idea of what he's looking at and stuff like that if you're going to trade small caps even besides that i wouldn't really say you know much further than that i think that uh there's this there's this um another one that is 
kind of like Tim Sykes. I think they work together. Um, it's called Stocks to Trade with Tim Bowen. Oh, yeah. Have you ever heard of Tim Bowen? Yeah, I, f I follow Stocks to Trade on uh, Instagram also. Yeah. So I think that's also pretty, uh, that's pretty good source of information too in the small cap land. And, you know, he's kind of on the ball when it, if you're in pre-market prep and stuff like that, like that's kind of useful. Because to me, when I was learning, it was always in the back of my mind. Because, you know, Tim Sykes, he does a lot of like, he's just really good at marketing and like social media, I would say. So he, the way he does things mm -hmm. is just kind of a little sketchy. So that was always in the back of my mind. I'm like, yeah, is this even like legit? You know, he's in small caps. It's it's obvious. I mean, that he has such a right. big following mm -hmm. that if he sends alerts, which he does sometimes, I'm not sure if he still does that. If he sends an alert, the price is going to go mm -hmm. up right after he buys it. So like, uh. I do think he's legit. Yeah, I don't buy any of those. Okay. Did you ever question if he was legit or not? Um, I mean, as as in, like, does he actually trade or? As in, like, what do you mean? Like, is it a scam or does he actually know how to trade or is he just like you know pumping the the stocks? by sending alerts and then that's how he uh makes himself look yeah profitable. i mean i think he i think he does know how to trade i would say that he does know how to trade and everything and um i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't say that he's never pumped things before and made money off of it there is you know a little army of people that are buying after him yeah. that's probably pretty factual um there's another guy that i don't even know who it is but i've heard of him like he's sort of in the background um, I don't know if you ever heard of Chat Guy. Chat Guy. Yeah, it's not a real. It's like a. a I don't even know. It's like a myth, kind of. Oh. But he pumps stocks. No. And I've like back back in the day, I've bought in some of the ones that were like pumping and everything, and uh, I'd get in, and then it would just tank as everyone start started selling, and I bet you it was Chat Dude taking profit. You know? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that to be factual, but it just seems like that could be it. Yeah. Um. So who else did you learn from? Tim Sykes, Tim Bowen, two Tims. Yeah. Yep. Two Tims. Um. The stocks to trade also has a lot of other people that I like. Like I really liked um, Bryce Tui. Um. Matt Monaco was another one. Those are all stocks to trade guys that uh trade similarly to how how do i trade you know with small caps and whatnot and breakout trading and things like that um i learned a lot from my dad he trades too oh wow uh, yeah so and just just lots and lots of research books a lot of books you know reading so i've got trading in the zone um trading in the uh, trading psychology 2.0 the playbook read all those Okay. So, so what was, I'm curious what your first year was like in trading. Was it pretty horrible or did you like go in because you had your dad who trades and all these uh, resources? 
did you actually know like you needed a plan oh it it, it was pretty horrible it was pretty horrible <clears throat> so like i started on robin hood and uh i'll, I'll tell you like I want to tell my little story about like how I sort of like got addicted, you know, to trading because everyone has that like yeah. one moment where they make some money and they're like, oh, this is it, yep. you know? So I don't remember, I don't even remember the stock or anything. And there was nothing really important about it, but it did go like parabolic. And I just remember I was uh, getting like an eye exam or something like that. And before I got in my car, I decided I was going to pull open Robin Hood and see what my stock was doing. And uh, it was going parabolic. And I remember I remember how much I made. It was like 60 bucks. But I had probably like 20 bucks into it. So I thought like, this is the way, you know what I mean? Yeah. But. That's funny. Robin Hood was my first experience. And that was pretty bad. Like I didn't know about um, limit orders and slippage and things like that. I was just market buying. No real, didn't have any technical analysis. Didn't, wasn't really doing a whole lot of research. Just seeing what would stick, you know, for like the first year. Um, I would say year two was like when I started learning like technical analysis and trying to like learn a little bit about level two and whatnot. So year two was a, a big kind of like good stepping stone. You know, I wasn't profitable in year two, but um, it was a big stepping stone for sure. What do you think is the biggest difference that got you from uh, losing to seeing some sort of consistency. I think a lot of it for me anyway, is, uh, psychology. And when you begin to think in like probabilities, <clears throat> I guess maybe it makes it easier to cut your loss mm -hmm. because now I'm, I know that I'm going to be wrong sometime, most of the time, basically, you know, yeah. And so just cutting those losses quickly is the best, best thing to do. And getting your head into that, like thinking in probabilities, you know what I mean? And once you start to dig deeper with that, like, okay, so I'm, I'm breakout trading, I'm breakout trading biotechs. Um, then you track like, okay, there was 10 biotechs I traded a day. And there was like, you know, let's just, just for an example, there was 10 trades that I would have taken because of this setup. Out of, out of those 10, how many, how many worked? Then you kind of just keep, I, why well, I, I do keep track of that. And that's kind of like in the back of my head as my probability, you know what I mean? Is this, is this going to work or not? And if it breaks my zone where I'm going to cut losses, then I'll, I'll cut losses. And there's definitely some times where like I get hurt more than I wanted to. Um, I think, uh, three or four months ago, I got hit an offering, which small oh. cap land that sucks. It was like 30% drop at one bar. Just, <laughs> and that was rough. I, I, my, I was trying to risk 50 bucks and I think I lost like 300. <clears throat> for those people that, so that was rough. For those people that don't trade small caps, they probably don't know what an offering is, but essentially it just makes the, uh, the stock, like the company decides to sell a bunch of the stock at a very low price. So the, market just immediately tanks mm -hmm. at that price usually and that was always like my right. my nightmare when i was trading uh small caps and penny stocks for like my first four years essentially right. i was just always like man i hope please <laughs> please there's always that fear <laughs> that like it's gonna randomly well, 
Go ahead. I found a way to mitigate that a little bit. Oh, how? If you use a dilution tracker dot com it will tell the last time that they did an offering and how often they kind of do an offering like you can kind of see on a monthly basis how often they do it mm. I remember. so i always check that before i even take a trade i remember i would always go to i don't know what the website <laughs> is anymore i used to have it bookmarked uh oh just scc.gov Edgar, there's like a, you can put in the ticker and there you can see that too. You can see all their filings. <clears throat> and I remember going through that because like Tim Sykes talks about it a lot. And I was, I remember going through yeah. that. Like, I'm like, I have no idea what 90% of this is, but I know, I know like what the offering is. So I'll look for how often does an offering basically what you said and if I know it's not yeah. like often, um, or they just did one, I'm like, okay, they're probably not going to do another one. But yeah, this it's it's funny. It's just right. always it's a risk you're taking trading small caps, whereas now I'm trading futures. Uh, anything can happen. Like you know, a war could break out at any second, or something crazy can happen. But I don't. Right. <laughs> I no longer have like a really fear of it just spiking up or down 30%, which I guess is a, a pro, yeah. a pro of trading futures. So Here. you're, you only scalp uh, small caps or do you do anything else? I mean, I'll, I'll like day trade and I'll do a little bit of swing trading, but primarily scalping like a, one of my problems is is not letting runners run. That's one of the things I'm dealing with now. Yeah. And uh, not adding adding to winners. So that's what I'm going to try to work on now is letting runners run and add to my winners. Because I have like paper hands, you know what I mean? I want the profits like right away, you know? Yeah. That's f <laughs> I kind of miss Tim Sykes. Like as I hear you talk and like uh, say some of the things he says often. I'm like, dang, because I would watch, mm -hmm. I would watch his videos every single night. Um, right. Did you? I think stocks and trades just as just as good. Yeah, I never got into them that much. So, did you, uh, mm -hmm. when you first were getting started or looking into trading, did you always think that it was like possible to make money from it, or did you ever doubt it? I mean, I'm sure there was some sort of doubt, but like, I mean, I always thought that it can be done, you know? And I thought that, you know, if, if you put in the time, the effort, and you even still these things that a trader, you know, has to have like a discipline and, you know, things like that, then it can be done. I've always kind of thought that. Um. Did you ever give yourself a time frame to be profitable? Um, I mean, I'm sure back back when I first started, I was like, "It's gonna take a year." Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, me too. And then after experiencing it, right, after experiencing it and everything, I didn't really have a time frame. Because <clears throat> on... Uh... I knew that I was going to do it, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, same here. Um, I guess that, right. that, that brings up a good question. Did you ever... You never thought about quitting or giving up? No. So what would you do when you were going through like a rough period in trading? Like in the first year, maybe things aren't working. Like it's hard. Like, I mean, I probably would take a little bit of breaks and things like that. And, um, but I mean, I, I remember I was always kind of back on and even like when I lost one of my biggest losses was, uh, fifteen hundred dollars oh that's a lot that was a lot of money to me yeah and uh i mean i was it, you know it it stumped me or whatever but i still was researching you know i would maybe not that same night but like that same week i was definitely back on researching and things like that and willing to keep trading tim sykes is pretty good about uh kind of uh, I don't know if motivating is the right word, but he is, yeah, motivating. Like he's good at motivating you when, you know, you had a bad day and I would go on and watch his video that night. He'd like just pump me up again. I'm like, dang, like he made money or he lost a little bit of money. I'm like, this is possible. Like I know I can do it. Um, so I think that's, that's kind of good to have like someone Maybe not a mentor one on one, but someone you can at least like consistently learn from. Uh, whether it's yeah, he posted. He had a big loss not too long ago. Mm. Excuse me, but uh, it was his biggest loss I think in a decade. He said, "Oh wow!" And it was a thirty thousand dollar loss. Yeah, that's honestly not that bad for how. Like he, he makes, I don't know what his average is. Isn't his average usually like 10 to 20,000 winner? His average, I think is like I th maybe five to 10, I think. Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, that's still not that bad for how much. But he, he told us, right. He told the story though. And he even said that like it dropped and he did what he didn't. What he broke a rule of his and he bought more. Oh, kind of like you know, when you're um averaging down, right? So, like, that story to me is like, I, I even still sometimes will average down, I'll, I'll get out though instead of just keep averaging or whatever. But that story though kind of you know helped me out, I guess. You know what I mean? If he's still taking a loss like that and still making these mistakes, then it's not as you know, it's not easy. And well, all of his experience, if it is true. And he still goes through those kind of like hardships and whatnot. He's been trading for over 20 years, I'm pretty sure, right? 25, something like that. Yep. And it's funny. I always see people thinking like they can easily just remove emotions from trading. And it'll be something that's just, oh, I don't need to worry about that. Like I can figure that out later. But it's like Tim Sykes, uh, Mark Douglas... Another guy I follow, Tom Hugard. Um, 
a bunch of other people in like the the UK because uh, I was watching a video from Tom Hugard and it was like a s- seminar thing. So there's a bunch of traders there. They all talk about how they still struggle. Uh, like they all still make mistakes. They all still let emotions sometimes like get the best of them. And I feel like people th- right. people think like once you get to a certain point or you have a certain uh, amount of experience, it just goes away. But <laughs> that's not true. Like it still happens. Um, and I think it's important to to know that because like that's one of the hardest things. Luckily, I don't really struggle with it as much. For sure. Uh, you said yeah. You said psychology was your your biggest struggle still, right? Yeah. For sure. What do you and I'll, I can break that down a little bit? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um. So like, I would say like one of the biggest things is like feeling like you have to trade like you have to make you know money um so there'll be times where maybe i shouldn't be trading and and and, uh last week was a good example i didn't trade for i think two or three days out of the week just because of that market you know sell off and everything Mm -hmm. so i was you know i maybe took like two trades you know what i mean throughout throughout that whole week maybe three through three or four trades you know and, uh, so that, that's hard to deal with, you know, when you, when you feel like you need to make money and, and, uh, this is like your, um, you know, this is your goal is to keep growing your account and everything. And sometimes it's really not conducive to be throwing your capital into the market. And, uh, just the, the little bit of experience that I have seen, like I'll, I'll look at multiple stocks and then I'll see when the market opens, I can now kind of get a feeling of are they going to get smacked down, you know, and a lot of it's probably getting smacked down by the whole market, you know, so that's when I'll won't trade, you know, maybe I'll only trade afternoon. Like one of my, one of my afternoon patterns is an afternoon VWAP hold. Mm-hmm. And, uh, if, if those are still holding up, I might think about trading that, but yeah. What is your main strategy? You don't have to go too in depth, but what's, What's the one that you're using right now that's giving you that consistency? Breakout, breakout trading is still pretty, you know, consistent with that. Um, I've been breakout trading probably the longest, so I think that's yeah. probably what I'm best at. Um, those pre-market, like the thing that Tim Sykes talks about, you know, the whole pre-market and then it, it dips down a little bit comes back up or breaks the pre-market highs, things like that. Still trade a lot of those. Um, let's see. V- VWAP hold for the afternoon. Still probably my top one of my top three trading strategies. Okay. It's all very simple, which is what I think uh, brings so many traders to Tim Sykes. Because literally, like, when you say breakout, it's literally just... I did that a lot too. That was my main strategy. Um, was breakout trades. There's no, I don't need any indicator. I don't need mm-hmm. no fancy like multiple step strategy. It's just like I the 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 stock <laughs> the stock makes some run like a big run, and then I just put an alert, 
and then I can put alerts on like multiple stocks, you know, and then only one out of like 10 or 20 are going to break out. But then once it does, right. I had, I had a data uh, spreadsheet of, I don't remember what it was, 300 or something uh, trades. So I knew like, what are the chances it's going to continue? Uh, if it dips, like, is it going to go back up? Blah, blah, blah. I can't really remember most of it because I haven't looked at it in a while, but um, it was very mm -hmm. simple and it worked for a little bit, but then I just, I found it wasn't reliable. Like, um, it was working very good for like three months. And that was the first time I had like consistent profits. I was making like a pretty decent amount of money. I, I went, I like tripled my account. Um, and then just constantly day after day, just wasn't working anymore. Have you fa have you had a similar experience? Yeah. Like that? What where, where like trades don't work out for, for a long period of time? Yeah. Where it's like working consistently and then all of a sudden it just stops. Cause that's what it happened for me. Even, yeah, I mean, even kind of recently, I've noticed a lot of the, what what I like to trade and have been failing a lot out of the open. <clears throat> so, I mean, I've known that and I can tell pretty quickly. So let's say that that's happening. I will then switch to afternoon VWAPs only. Um, And I mean, it's not like I won't take a trade that I see is like, you know, it's above the the 200, the 50, and the 20-day moving average and, and things like that, I'd still might take that trade just because I know that those, you know, indicators are, you know, saying that's going to go up. And if I see it, uh, it's doing that as well as expanding in volume, then that's another, you know, check mark in the boxes for me to decide whether to take that trade or not. But, I mean, I still think that pre-market, uh, those pre-market trade setups for me anyway, I think they're always going to kind of be there. Um, and they may not be as like fruitful, like you may not be able to pull 20, 30% out of them all the time. But I think that, uh, you know, that's, that's something that's probably going to stick around. What is the craziest thing you've seen? Cause I know a lot of crazy things happen trading small caps. I mean, off offerings are like the craziest things I've seen. Yeah. And you've just been caught in gnarly offerings. You were just caught in one of them. Yeah, I've been caught in multiple of them. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> Have you ever thought about leaving small? Yeah, I mean, do being. Sorry, go ahead. Have you thought about leaving small caps? Or are you you think you're going to stay there? No, I, I'm going to definitely I'll learn some other strategies. Um, I want to get into, into options as well. That's probably going to be one of my next things. Um, and then and maybe futures as well. Okay. Um. But I think it would only be because I think it's important to learn multiple strategies. You know, like what I would use um, futures for is just another you know ammunition you know and options just other ammunition you don't think it's gonna be harder to 
focus when you have multiple strategies in different markets? Um, so like if I was going to do options, I probably wouldn't focus nearly as much on small caps for sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, I guess I, I guess I don't really know how that would, you know, affect me because I haven't yeah. done that yet, but I've been studying options a little bit. You said, have you, have you studied options? Um, I, I did try options for a couple months and I just, I, I didn't like it. I like kind of hated it. I know hate is a strong word. Right. I just really, I uh, yeah. prefer not to use options because the decay, it just doesn't make sense to me, especially as a day trader. Um, I can see why it appeals to a lot of people because options, it can go from literally under a dollar. It's kind of like penny stocks or small caps. It can go from under a dollar and spike up to five ten dollars um but at the same time if you're doing it more realistically and uh with less risk if the price doesn't get to where you think it's gonna go quickly you're always dealing with decay so like the price of the option is slowly going down in value um where i'm like right what is I'm like, what is the point of that? Like, whereas with futures, I can do the same thing and it can take its time to get there and I don't have to worry about decay. So I'm like, all right, why? I'm like, why am I wasting my time with options? Like it just. I Right. So I think for me, I've practiced on a simulated um, trading options anyway, and I've had you know some paper you know success in um in spreads like vertical spreads uh, and i think that's what i would want to do is like vertical spreads i don't know anything about that actually i know there's a bunch of crazy strategies you can do but they're all pretty <laughs> complex to yeah, me yeah like so a vertical spread like i mean it can be kind of like if it's doing this kind of thing, like, you know, up and down, which a lot of the times the market will boom, 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 you know? Yeah. Um, you can make money on both ends. Okay. So as long as it, that's when you're... Not that, but I've, I've only paper traded that. So I've never put that into live. I don't know what it would be like live. I've only experienced the, the simulation of that. Do you use uh, simulated trading a lot to practice? Um, not with my small caps anymore, but with other things, yeah, like the futures, I mean, the options definitely using the simulation. Okay. So what is, what do you think is your next like steps for your uh, journey or your trading? Cause you say you're, you see some consistency. Do you think you need to, uh, Imp mm -hmm. implement something else into your trading to get to the next level is it overcoming psychology what is like the next step for you yeah um i i think overcoming psychology for sure is a big one 
um, still don't have as much discipline as I'd like to have. Like I want to be able to, you know, always cut losses when I want to cut losses and, you know, things like that. Know when I, when I shouldn't trade and not try to force a trade and not have that feeling like I need to make money. Those kind of things still are, you know, a bit of a problem for me. So those I want to work through before I, uh, want to, you know, increase my uh, size or anything like that. But, uh, you know, probably what I usually do is, uh, I'll go two months and then I'll keep track of like my discipline, like my, my psychology. Did I, did I have discipline today? And does that show through my P and L or, you know, my profits and losses for the day? And then like on a two month basis, then I'll increase my size to, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's pretty smart. Most people like myself included, I would just say, I want to improve these things, but I wouldn't actually, you know, do anything or take any steps to do it like it or track it mm -hmm. like you're tracking every two months. Whereas for me, I would just like, yeah. I have no idea how often I did it, how often I didn't, I would just be like, oh, I need to improve it. But I don't know how and I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm just going to tomorrow. I'm going to ma magically solve it. It's going to fix everything. Yeah. No, I think the big important thing is is keeping the journal and then reviewing your journal. Like I used to always I've always kept a journal since I started, nice. but I didn't always review it, you know, and uh, it's important to review it and then break down even further into your journaling like. And then put it in spreadsheets, like you know, how many did you win or lose? What 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 trades were they? Um, all that all that data is definitely important. Is there anything uh, specific that you look at in your uh, journal, like when you review it, or are you just kind of looking through everything? Um, bit like how how my psychology, like how my emotions are during the day, mm. for sure. Um, if I'm alert or tired, um, if I've like exercised or if I've recently exercised or if I've like missed out on going to the gym or anything like that, like I, I do keep track of all that kind of thing. And I think that helps, you know what I mean? Like the exercise, keeping the blood flow into your brain, um, even meditation, you know what I mean? To help keep a cool head and everything like that, those kind of things, I'll keep track of, you know, what I've done. Like I've heard you say, uh, does 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 your outside stuff correlate with your trading? Yeah, and I think it does. Do you have any um, examples? Yeah, I mean, I think an easy example would be like if you're gonna go on the market and, and you're trying to pre-market trade or, or or you know trade the open and you're tired and you stayed up late till the night before. I think you're just kind of setting yourself up for for, for failure a little bit. You know, and like sometimes I'll go midday and I'll go, you know, I'll go to the gym. Mm -hmm. And I think that maybe it's just me, but in my head or whatever, but I'll feel like my brain has like that blood flow. And then other traders are like the institutional people, like they're still getting back from lunch. They didn't go to the gym, things like that. So I kind of feel like maybe I have an upper hand, you know what I mean? But yeah, no, I mean, just in, mentally, it just in life, though, if you think about it, who, how many people actually exercise or go to the gym? So like, if you think about that, you're already, mm -hmm. 
you're already at the in the top percentage like i i don't think trading is a special industry where more people work out it's probably just like any other industry most of them don't um right that's awesome that that you are doing that because most people they're not uh super I don't know. It's hard for me to say most people like as if I know everyone, but like just from what I've seen, <laughs> from what I've seen, you know, most, yeah. most traders aren't super open minded. They just think like they'll figure it out magically, like I was saying before. But there's actually like things you can do. Um, what is like the biggest lesson that you've learned so far? that cutting losses like cutting losses is the most important thing in trading for for me anyway i would say that's the biggest lesson i've learned is uh to cut losses where you where where you have the plan at you know what i mean i could, i guess a good way to say it is to cut losses smartly so don't just cut losses because you know you like you have to have a plan of where you're going to cut losses you have to have a reason you know where if it goes here that means you were wrong Mm-hmm. And you have to be willing to accept that you're wrong. And then, and it, it's hard to like, to have that all set up and then choose the size that you're going to go, like how much you're willing to risk. Especially when like, you know, you're up, these, these ones are breaking out, you know, pre-market or whatever. And you got to pick one of these and then you got to do your risk to reward and things like that. So you really got to be on the ball. And that's where that, you know, exercise comes in, getting a good night's sleep and all that kind of thing. And like, you got to be, you know, really on the ball. <laughs> Another thing I miss about Tim Sykes, he always says like, cut your losses quickly. And and I believe he had like two or three rules that he would always say, right? Or four rules maybe. Um, but I just remember yeah. him always like drilling that into people's heads. Uh, dang, I forgot what I was going to say. Um Cutting losses, risk management. Um, I think that's mainly what took me from consistently losing to being break even. Uh, Like I said before, when I figured out I needed a plan, I also found out about risk management Mm -hmm. and I started putting in place like, okay, I can't just randomly buy 300, 500 shares of the stock. Like I need to calculate how much I can risk. And, you know, that adds a step and that takes time, like you said. And for people that don't trade small caps, Mm -hmm. it moves quick and there's multiple per day that move. So like like you said, you have to pick pick the one that you want to trade. You have to calculate this as the stocks like, you know, if it's if I'm a breakout trader, it's like moving it, you know, it's moving quick. So every second is like every second is uh, wasted profits or potential so like spending the time to do that you know takes discipline rather than just oh buy you know and that's like that made a big difference for me so where do you how do you determine where to exit usually where to cut your losses um 
where to cut my losses, I will always on the candles. I'll have a place where if I if it goes below here, then I'm wrong. I think that that's kind of important. And a lot of the times, if it's if it's in the the morning, mm -hmm. I'll use like the a five minute candle rule. I don't know if you've ever heard that. No. So like, let's say that like a one of the things I trade is called a dip and rip. So like it goes down the first one, the first five minutes is down and then it starts to come back up. I'll, I'll put my risk just below that first red candle. Okay. That's, that's one way to do it. And then I always have a dollar amount that I'm willing to risk. So I mean that on every trade, I have the same dollar amount. So it kind of makes that part easier to be like, okay, this is how many shares I need to buy to, to, to for that to be that dollar amount for the risk. Right. But, um, that is is one way to cut losses quickly for me anyway um but then, like i said like there'll be times where that doesn't work and you're gonna get stopped out like all the time every day you know what i mean for a little while like you say when you went through that period yeah. where those stopped working and uh that's like when that happens that's when i'll switch to afternoon only vwap holds and then on those i will like move my risk i'll take like a little bit less share size and move my risk to be a little bit wider okay um but for the pre-market i don't i don't make it wider you know what i mean it's really strict because those pre-market ones can really just get slammed and i'd rather just be out you know what i mean even if it goes down comes right back up i know that sucks to look at but you know i'd rather be safe than sorry i guess so to speak yeah, that's the worst. I remember I would trade and uh, goes down, stops me out, and then just rips back up. Like, that's, I think it might be the worst feeling in trading. Because you're taking a loss, but you're also missing out. So it's like two of the worst feelings combined. <laughs> For sure. I've, I've kind of become, I don't know if you want to say numb to that, but yeah, that doesn't, it's not that part of my that doesn't hurt my psychology that part of it anymore yeah like honestly because i know that just that can happen when like beginners ask about like tips to overcome that it's like kind of it sucks to say but it does just take experience and like going through it a little bit to be like okay <laughs> this has happened yeah. to me you know a hundred times before like it sucks it's yeah it's never gonna not suck but like I'm not going to break my rules or chase it or anything. Yeah. I don't think there is a successful trader out there that has not put in a substantial amount of seat time, you know, years. How long do you spend on trade? Cause I mean, even I'm sorry, go ahead. How long do you spend on trading like per day or per week? If you know, yeah, um, so anywhere between uh, four to six hours a day, I would say. Is most of that spent on, like, actually trading live? Nope, so I would say four hours trading live and then two hours I'm looking over the market, looking over my trades, looking at my, my journals and things like that. Nice. Yeah. That I used to do 
uh, that much also. Now I, my goal is like, uh, I want to spend at least like three to four hours a day on trading consistently. Uh, mm -hmm. Have you been doing that pretty consistently, like since you started? Um, no, I would say the first year I didn't do anything like that. Uh, the second year I was, I knew that I needed to put in more hours outside of trading, learning about trading. And then now that I'm more of an active trader, like day in and day out, I know that I need to keep a you know good eye on the markets, the news, um, also, while keeping track of my psychology, like, you know, um, am I tired that day? You know what I mean? Is there anything going on emotionally or whatever that may hinder me? Um, things like that. And uh, just, yeah, the, a lot of research outside of the market, like in, in the market, but outside of trading. You know what I mean? That's another thing where I think most people just want to spend time live trading uh because like you do mm -hmm. you do learn a lot but mostly they want to do that because like that's where you can actually make money so it's like why would i spend time you know practicing or researching or like back testing they'll watch a couple videos right but like they're not really most people don't put in work outside of the trading hours cuz it's like oh well i can't make money when the market's like closed so what's the point but like that's the whole they're missing the whole point of like you have to learn the skill like it's not just about potentially making money because you can make you read mark mark douglas's book you know you can do everything wrong and you can still make money like that's not a indicator of success yeah yep i mean if you're just going, if basically, if you're only trading, you're you're. It's kind of like a casino, you know. If you're only going and, and trading, you're not you're not like looking at how your psychology is, or not looking at like your P and L and things like that, and uh, seeing your strategy and looking over the market and seeing did your strategy work out on on how many stocks did your strategy work out on. Um, you're you're just kind of gambling at that point it starts to turn into more like a business when you're you know you have the the risk that you're willing to take on each trade you have that lock locked down you know and you then you have the discipline on top of that to actually cut those losses when it gets to your risking point and then not to add on to that loser because you're going to have a more attractive price and you know stuff like that what is why do you trade I know it's kind of a, like a big question, maybe a weird question, but um, I I really just honestly I love the market. I love I love watching the market. I love the data that you know comes out. I like reading the news on it. Um, obviously, when you make money, you do have that kind of like euphoric feeling. Yeah, and uh, I like that euphoric feeling, you know, and. Uh, that's that's another reason why I like to trade. So, <clears throat> like, what is what is your goal? Do you have goals with trading? Like, do you want to make it your main source of income without a certain amount of time? Or are you just 
focusing on like getting a little bit better every day, no matter how long it takes. No, I I want to make my I want to make trading my full source of income for sure. Did you give yourself uh, a time period for that? Um. Yeah, I would say probably five years. Five years total, so like two for myself. So two more years. Yep, two more years. So, uh, is that how you determine? How do you determine success in trading? Is it the money that you make, or is it something else? Um, I mean, it's hard to to not say that it's the money you know what i mean the way to determine success yeah but i don't think i don't think that anyone should just give up if if they're if they're not at that five-year mark making whatever dollar amount that they said that they wanted to make and i think that even i think that maybe even putting that time frame because i mean I, i'll say five years but i don't it's not like in five years i'm going to be like oh i'm not making money i'm going to give up Right. I don't see that happening. So uh, I don't know, man. I, I just, that's, I think everyone's going to have a different, you know, journey. Cause for me, uh, I'm asking these questions cause like I had to go through uh, a, a, like my journey was constantly giving myself goals um, and time periods to reach those <laughs> goals. So I'd be like, okay, I want to make, right. you know, like 10K a month or I want to make 100K by the end of my first year. And then like first year finishes and I'm like nowhere close to that. I like don't even really know what trading is, honestly, because I'm just doing random things. So it's just like, right. you never really know. It's like hard to, to say, to give yourself a time period even like. I know it it doesn't logically make sense because it's like m most things in life, you can give yourself a time period. If you're consistent, you'll get those results, like almost guaranteed, like going to the gym, go to the gym for a year, like five days a week, you're guaranteed to, as long as you're not like, yeah. <laughs> as long as you're not like overeating, you know, you're guaranteed to, you know, you're going to see results. Right. Most, uh, right. I w business is kind of similar to trading where like, you know, there's uncertainty and unknowns, but you know, if you spend time every mm -hmm. day on your business, you're most likely going to see some like profits come in or some improvements, you know, uh, more leads or more sales. But like trading is like, <laughs> there's just so much that goes into it. And like so many unknowns and like the psychology as aspect and just so many like moments of realizing like, oh, I've been doing that wrong the whole time. Um, so I don't, <laughs> I was kind of like you were uh, not saying that, you, that you're going to experience the same thing as me, but like I, uh, 
was like, okay, I'm going to give myself like another year. And I, I'm pretty confident like I'll, I'll make it. And if I don't, you know, I'll reevaluate and be like, okay, should I keep doing this? And, you know, sure enough, I got to year five or whatever it was at the time. I think year five, maybe year four. And I was like, okay, I still haven't made it. But it wasn't, it didn't take me long to be like, okay, I'm going to keep doing this. Because, like, like, I know I'm confident um, I can do it. I've seen other people do it. I'm confident most people could do it. So, like, why not? Like, why the only thing that um, would make me, I'm trying to not say the same phrase I always say, because like <laughs> it gets repeated often, but like the only thing, <laughs> I'm trying to be creative right now, but the only thing that guarantees like you're going <laughs> to fail is if you give up, right? And right. So I was just like, okay, if I don't give up, if I continue to put in an effort, stay like open-minded, uh, try to kind of be objective about what's working, what's not working, then like, you know, mm -hmm. as long as I'm not like uh, losing all of my money and hating it, like, I don't think I'm going to give up. Right. I think I think almost every trader that has stuck around for a year or two has that mentality that they're not going to give up. And I think they probably have done other things. Like for me, playing guitar. I mean, I did not just know how to play guitar, but I wasn't going to give up. And it took, you know, a long time to get good at playing guitar. And I think that in the market's kind of the same way. Like, you know, some people may be able to get it in a year or two. Mm -hmm. Um, some people may take 10 years, you know, it just, it just depends on the person and probably many more variables than I could even think of could go into reasons why it takes longer for some people than others. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's another comparison to trading. Like, you know, if you play an instrument, you're like, I, when I was playing guitar, like I, I was surprised how quick I could. Uh, I was doing like finger picking, so I would like look up on YouTube a song I liked and finger finger picking tutorial or uh, just tutorials. And after spending like an hour on it in a day, I was like, "Holy crap!" Like I actually like memorize at least like half of the song. I'm like, "Okay, like that's yeah. that's pretty quick." <laughs> but like you know, you can't in trading go and look at a strategy, spend an hour on it, and sees like good results like it's not it's just crazy how like hard it is and um yeah i don't know maybe that's maybe that's something i can work on is not constantly saying it's very hard because i think it can be easy um but it's not uh, it's not a uh, linear in terms of the amount of work you put into your results i don't think at least which kind of is unfortunate yeah. i remember for me when i was uh i decided to like spend more time on it i would get excited like i sometimes wouldn't be able to sleep that well at night because i was like so excited to wake up 
Do you ever experience that? Um, I'm definitely excited, but I don't think I lose any sleep over that anymore or oh. anything like that. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I mean, I'm definitely, literally, I hear this, I hear people say it all the time, like, uh, they're not excited for the weekend because there's nothing to do over the weekend. And I do feel that way. It's like, now I'm ready for Monday, you know, but I know that, you know, I need to get to sleep and eat healthy and things like that to be able to be prepared for Monday. So, um, I guess the last question usually I ask people is if you were to give advice to someone that's new or struggling and like, let's say you knew they were going to listen to you, <laughs> not just take the advice and get, go over their head. <laughs> what would you tell them? First of all, don't give up because this is probably, I think it is the hardest thing that you will ever do in your life. Um, so yeah, don't give up and let, if it's something you want to do, I'm not saying like anyone should just like, oh, I'm not going to give up even if you don't love it. Yeah. Definitely have to love it if you want to endure all this stuff. But uh, yeah, man, just, just don't give up and keep putting those hours in, you know, keep grinding, keep working on your process, find find the routines that make you perform the best, you know, and work on that. I like that. Find the routines that work the best for you. Because a lot of times, um, you know, you'll try to copy other people that are successful, which is, I think, good. But you don't necessarily right. just want to copy them just to copy them. Like, you have to, you know, pick and choose what works for you. Everyone's different, obviously. Um, awesome. Right. Is there anything... Any um, thing you wanted to talk about before we go, or any questions you had? Um, I think for one thing I don't think we really got into was uh, anchored VWAP. Have you ever heard of anchored VWAP? No. Okay. Um, I think anchored VWAP is very important especially for um, small cap land. Okay. And I think it's something that no one really knows about. Everyone knows what VWAP is. Yeah. I, well, I mean, not everybody, but yeah. a lot of traders know what VWAP is, that you can just pull it up on your indicators and everything, and it pops right up there. But um, not all brokers or whatever have the anchored VWAP, and the anchored VWAP, I think, is a way better indicator than the normal VWAP. Is that is that the one that you use in your strategy you are mentioning? Yeah. The VWAP hold. Yeah, the anchored VWAP. It's also good for like any sort of breakout things. Like like you can kind of see if it's if it's going to kind of break out, you know what I mean? Like because the normal VWAP, it will start at nine thirty. Okay. You know what I mean? It'll start at the open. And the anchored VWAP, you can have set like a two week a two week or one week or a five day anchored VWAP. So you know that it's above that zone, you know what I mean? Over a, a one week or a two week period. And I found that, yeah, I'm able to get kind of like a better, at a better price, you know what I mean? A better risk to reward 
than I am on the normal VWAP that resets every morning at uh, 9.30. Okay, so the difference is you can uh, have it going over multiple days rather than it just re restarting for that current day, right? Yeah, yep. And that's why they call it anchored, I think, because it's anchored at like the one week or you know whatever day and time you want it to be anchored at, you can set. Okay, so it work kind of more like a moving average then, right? Because moving average is over yep. a long period. Okay. Awesome. Well, I don't use indicators, but I mean, I tried, I tried for a little bit, but I just settled on like breakouts in small caps. Um, but cool. Was that was that the only thing? The anchored view. I think that I mean, we went over everything else. I had something about probabilities and stuff, but. We kind of went over the whole probabilities. I was just going to talk about, like, you can, like, uh, know what your strategy is and see the stocks that you may have taken for the day mm -hmm. that are fit your strategy. And then mark out how many of those work, you know, over a week period of time, a week-long period of time. And then I'll put that as one of my check boxes. you know what I mean? Is this working? Kind of like a hot sector, you know what I mean? But like a hot strategy, you know? That's literally what I would do. I would, like I said, I had a spreadsheet, so I would track the strategy. At, at the end of every single day, I'd put in how many how many today worked, how many failed. I put in like screenshots, the percentage it ran, the percentage it would like be drawdown. But I think I maybe got, I would like, uh, I think Mark Douglas talks about this, like cherry picking the data or over curve fitting or whatever. Right. I think I did a little bit of that because I would be like, well, uh, yesterday this happened. It dipped here and then this percentage and then went up. And I would try to, I would assume the same exact thing would happen tomorrow, which sometimes that would happen. But, you know, right. usually that's not going to happen. But I think that's a good, if, right. if anyone is looking for a way to understand more about their strategy, like just actually track the strategy i don't think people do that they just they just look at it live and then they're like oh it's all stored here but like it's not it's all gonna be gone the next week yeah you can if you do that you can notice that hey dip and rips are have not been working you know what i mean or they've been a lot more vwap holds sometimes i'll even look at like uh, biotechs had been one of the ones i've been running i think a couple weeks ago and, uh, you know, just kind of a hot biotech, you know, pre-market biotechs, I think they were. But uh, like w one out of three of those would run, you know, for example. I don't have the data in front of me or whatever, but it's something like that. Mm -hmm. I honestly miss small caps. Like, I just miss looking at the... I was going to say, man, I bet you I can see you get back into it. I don't know. <laughs> I just remember like it's like more... It has more of an like, excitement factor because every morning, it's not that I wake up every morning and now I because I only trade futures uh, S and P five hundred. Whereas with small caps, you wake up, really? you literally you never know. You're gonna wake up to one of the hottest days of the year, or is it gonna be a super slow day? Right. You know, so it's just kind of like exciting, and it kind of gives you something to do because I would wake up I'd go through my scanner go through all the stocks whereas now I wake up and it's like I look at one chart I'm like oh okay 
which, you know, there's, I think that works better for me because it's simple. I don't need to bounce around. Well, yeah, I mean, small caps are definitely fun. Like, yeah, there de definitely feels more exciting for sure than if you were just trading that one um, yeah. investment vehicle. I guess that's one thing I was I wanted to ask you a little bit. I don't know if we have time, but uh, yeah, about leverage, um, leverage and futures. I don't really know a whole lot about that. I've heard that it's built into it, but I, maybe you could give an example of how leverage is built into futures. Um, yeah. So you did mention that a little bit before, and I actually didn't really think about it too much until you mentioned it, and I was like, "You're right. Like it mm -hmm. is." Um, basically you just need uh so i trade with trade station and they tell you like the margin requirements so like i trade micros because that's the smallest size you can go um and it'll tell you you need mm -hmm. you need like basically a thousand dollars in your account to be able to trade a micro something like that uh, but the micro the actual size of the micro is like 10,000 or 12,000. Like that's the amount of capital you're controlling with, with one micro contract. Um, but essentially, oh, wow. yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't care about any of that. All I care about is one micro each tick is, uh, 1.25. Yeah. So each tick is a dollar and twenty-five. So like each point that the S and P five hundred moves is five dollars. So if I have one micro, and the S and P five hundred goes from four thousand to four thousand and one, then I made a dollar. You know, and that makes it easy for me to know how much I'm risking, how much uh, what my profit would be. Uh, so for me, like I have a max loss, I'll ever take is $50, so 10 points. So if I'm trading two micros, I know I can only risk five points. So it just kind of makes it simple. Right. I could see that. Whereas Penny... I'll definitely have to get into it at some point. <laughs> yeah. I There's no... I don't have to do... I used to have a calculator for small caps i would have to put in the price of the, the stock um the shares that i wanted to trade to figure out like how much money i could risk and what that would equal if i had lost and if i won again it just all takes time yeah we when still it's... got that bad boy <laughs> still doing it and it's and it's all it's like so so quick like you need to do it because like the stock's running yeah, yeah, I would, I would look into it. I mean, I was like I said, I I only traded small caps for four years. I was like, okay, you know, it's kind of crazy for me to only be doing this. Maybe some people would call it smart, but at the same time, like I've only done that. Maybe I don't know if I would like futures more or options. I didn't like options, but futures, I think I like. I might still eventually try swing trading because I think that honestly would fit my personality more because I'm not really, <laughs> I'm not really someone who takes risks or like is super quick or, you know, like for me, it'd make more sense to have a plan 
and be super methodical and see, okay, price got here and I buy and I'm fine waiting a couple days or weeks. So we'll see where, where I go from here. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, Justin. Um, yeah, man. Thanks for having me. It was nice speaking with you. Hopefully tomorrow's exciting. It's not one of those boring days. <laughs>